was uh, 1980. I was eight years old. Video games were just coming out. Um, the first video game I ever played was a game called Pong. Does anyone remember that? Right? Um, some of you have no idea what that is. Basically, you had these two sticks, and they went up and down, and this little ball bounced between them. It was amazing. So my, uh, this kid, Bobby Taylor, was the kind of the rich kid in my school, and he lived nearby, and his dad bought him an Atari 2600 in 1977, the year they first came out. Um, and we would line up at Bobby's house. I have a picture of one if you want to see what they look like. They were, they were pretty cool. We would line up at Bobby's door to play Pong and to play Tank and Asteroids and things like that. So I know nowadays we have like 3D and, you know, giants coming at you and, you know, photorealistic kind of stuff. We had these little sticks that weren't like this. I didn't get an Atari system until 1980. I asked my parents for it. It's the gift I wanted for Christmas. As I think back to my childhood, that's the gift I wanted the most back then. I prayed about it. God, if you're real, you'll, you'll give me this Atari, you know. And, you know, like a lot of these gifts, um, we're all excited on Christmas Day. But then you play it for a while. You play it all night, maybe the first night. And a couple weeks later, it just sits there. And your mom's saying, hey, when are you going to get that thing out of the living room or whatever? You play it like crazy. Then a couple weeks go by, and then you just give it up. This is my fear with some of us in here as we talk about spiritual gifts today. Um, that You'll nod your head a little bit and go, yeah, Kenny, I get it. Um, and then you'll just kind of give up on it. It's a tough one. And I think it's one of the greatest tra tragedies of the uh, church is to be a Christian spectator and not a Christian participant. A spectator is someone who just kind of comes and sits and, observe and observes and watches and a participant is somebody who takes their faith seriously to the point of action. If you're visiting with us today, I want to welcome you. My name's Kenny Kibble, and I'm glad you're here. I'm, I'm the executive pastor. Our lead pastor, David Hurtado, is on vacation this week. Um, he'll be back in a, in a little bit. Um, but I'm just glad you're here. If you don't know who I am, I'd love to meet you. Say hi to me on the patio after the service or something like that. Camp CC is a place where we want to kind of make a little bit of a different environment. We want this place to be fun. We want to be able to come and laugh. Uh, we want to be able to meet other people. But when we gather together, we unapologetically want to do one of two things. We want to worship our Lord, and we want to teach the Bible. This morning, we're in week two of a four-week series called Together, What It Means to Be Part of a Church. Uh, and the question we're trying to answer is, why does the church exist? And why should I be part of it? Uh, last week, we talked about one of the primary reasons the church exists is to worship God. Now, if you're here today and you don't think there's a creator, you don't think there's a designer behind this playground we call earth, if there is no God, then this question, why should I be part of a church, is really an irrelevant question. The answer to that question is you shouldn't be. If there's no God, you should not be. Just don't come. Um, but if there is a God, then this, there's a lot of reasons. So let's just assume, and for some of you it may be an assumption, but what if we assume there is a God, there is a creator, there is a designer, a maker behind all this, and if he created the earth, then he has a purpose behind that creation. And if he created the earth, he created you, and he has a purpose for your life as well. Um, and if there's purpose behind your life, um, 
then, and there's a purpose for, God has a purpose in this world, then you have two choices. A, you can ignore it and blow it off like uh, God's got a purpose in this world. I see that. I agree with that, but I don't really care. Um, or B, you, you'll pursue that purpose. In today's message, we're going to see that the Bible teaches that God has gifted you to serve in his church and in his kingdom, that he has uniquely designed you and shaped you for, to serve in a very specific purpose in this world. God wants to do something amazing through your life. Now, I have some rhetorical questions for you, and I just ask you in the total honesty of your heart to consider the answers to these. The first one is, will I consume or will I contribute? When it comes to life, will I go around, you know, if I can go around and ask you by name, will you consume or you contribute? What I'm asking is, are you going to be a consumer? Like, I'm just all about the things I can get or will I contribute? Next question, am I, am I a getter or a giver? Am I just about getting stuff or do I, want to, do I want to consume and get or do I want to give with my life as well? And then the third question, do I expect others to serve me or do I look to serve others? As I look at these questions, and I know they're difficult questions, and I think about my life, I want to be a difference maker. I don't want to just come and receive and consume. I want to make a difference. I want to give and I want to serve and I want to contribute to something that's bigger than myself, that's just myself. My prayer and my hope is that today something will click um, that you'll hear something that's going to make a difference, and then you'll want to do something with your life. So the challenge is this. If you desire to contribute, if you desire to give and serve, then you need to discover your spiritual gifts and look for opportunities to serve. Now, if you looked at those three questions and you said, nah, my ideal life plan is to consume, to get, and to be served whenever possible. Like if I could just live 24-7 at an all-inclusive resort where they did everything for you, that would be like my best life, right? If that's you, then I just got to say, you need to prepare yourself to be lonely and to live a life without much meaning. A life that doesn't serve, a life that doesn't contribute, a life that doesn't see how it can enhance the world is really a miserable life. And when you live like that, little things start to bother you all the time. You're never happy. Eventually, what this person does is they shrivel up, they become a tired and angry person. Um, if you live to solely serve yourself, you'll wind up empty, you'll wind up lonely, you'll wind up feeling insignificant. However, on the flip side, if you live to serve others, you will find a deep-rooted joy and significance that God intended for you. The Big idea, not the big idea for the message, don't be confused. This, <laughs> the big idea I'm trying to make with this statement is service is the route to significance. The path to significance is not about being a better getter, but being a better giver. It's not to be served, but to serve. Let's look at Mark chapter 8, verses 34 through 36. Uh, it says, And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? So this verse is a paradox. Uh, one of the def definitions of a paradox is a statement that is seemingly contradictory um, or opposed to common sense, but yet it's true. 
So it's a self-contradictory statement that seems false, yet it's true. So let's look at what he's trying to say here. He's saying, if you try to keep your life for yourself, you'll lose it. That doesn't seem to make sense. But if you give up your life, you will find true life. Jesus is saying, if you want to live life to the fullest, if you want to live life of significance, it's not to hang on to it, but it's to give up your life. It's to serve other people. It's to contribute, to be a difference maker, not a space waster. So today I want to give you a little bit of a snapshot of what it looks like to serve in the kingdom of God. And yes, I hear the buzz. I'm ignoring it. <laughs> Look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11. Uh, As each has received a gift. Now, let me pause right there. Uh, God has given you a spiritual gift. And if you're new to the faith, then this may be something completely new to you and you have no idea what I'm talking about. For most of you or many of you, I know that this is kind of an old hat. You know what this is. Um, so I'm going to get to defining what spiritual gifts are a little bit more in a minute. But for the sake of this verse, what this is referring to when it says God has given you this gift, it's a supernaturally given ability to be used in kingdom ministry. So God has given you a spiritual gift. Use it to serve one another. We're expected to use these gifts. He didn't give them to us for ourselves but to serve others. It says, so we use these gifts as stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion and forever and ever. Amen. God has given you gifts. Manage those gifts so that it, God's generosity can flow through you. All right. Do I need to do something about this hum? Okay. Okay. Just as long as it's not my fault. <laughs> yes. Uh, defining spiritual gifts. Let's talk about spiritual gifts for just a second. Um, let's look at what the Bible has to say. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers... I do not want you to be uninformed. Uh, that's my goal here today. I realize that some of you, this is an old hat. You've been around the church for a long time. You've, you know about spiritual gifts. You've heard these sermons. You've taken the tests. You've been serving in ministries for years. I also know in a crowd this size, there's some of you who are probably newer to your faith, have no idea what a spiritual gift is. Maybe the first time you heard it's today. Um, so Paul's writing this letter to the Corinthian church, and he says, I don't want you to be uninformed. And that's kind of my goal here. So he goes on in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but in the same God who empowers them all to, in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That's talking about the spiritual gift. To each is given this gift. Uh, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to others the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by the one and same Spirit who appoints to each one individually as he wills. When you receive Christ and become a Christian, God bestows upon you a unique spiritual gift. 
This is a supernaturally acquired ability that is given to you at the moment of salvation for use in ministry. Now, there are many different spiritual gifts. Um, they're not, there's not one Bible passage that is li that's lists them all. There's several Bible passages you can go to. There's four main ones that kind of have lists of verses. And I can pile those together into like one little slide. So here they are. Wise counsel, clear understanding and knowledge, faith, healing the sick, miraculous acts, prophecy, distinguish between good and evil spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, apostle, teachers, miracle workers, helpers, leaders, evangelists, pastor, hospitality, service. Those are from those four verses. Um, I don't think these biblical lists of verse, uh, gifts are meant to be exhaustive. There's other places that mention other gifts, like the gift of giving, uh, the gift of craftsmanship. You see, um, in the used even in the Old Testament um, when they're building the the tabernacle and the ark, that God gifted people to perform certain things. There may very well be other gifts. Um, if you're interested in finding out what your spiritual gift is, I want to uh, challenge you. There's a this was given in your uh, folder you got when you came in. It says, uh, Camp CC Ministry Fair, July 14th, 2019. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. On the back, there's a whole list of different ministries where you could volunteer or serve. And at the bottom, it says, not sure where you should serve. It says, take a spiritual gift test at um, freeshapetest.com. There's a website you can go to. Um, go ahead and do that. This type of test has um, five different categories. The first one, spiritual gift then heart, abilities, personality, and experience. So uh, it kind of takes into account like the kind of things like God's not only gifted you, but he's brought you through a certain path in life um, such that you may be, he may shape you to serve in ministry in a certain way. Um, so here's an example of how the results may come out. You may find out you have the spiritual gift of teaching, that you have a heart for people that are down and out, that you have a people-driven personality, in your experiences in life may include overcoming drug addiction. If that were you, and you're trying to figure out what ministry to serve in, uh, you might consider something like, maybe I can teach a biblical class at the Ventura Rescue Mission to people who have a similar life background, you know? Um, that's one example. Uh, maybe you take the test and you find out you have the gift of leading, you have a heart for teenagers, and in your experience, you had a difficult upbringing. Well, maybe you might consider serving in the middle school or high school ministry. So these tests aren't foolproof, uh, but they do give you a good indication, however, of what your spiritual gift might be. So take the tests and then serve in ministry somewhere. And when you do that, you can expect to receive confirmation from other believers. And what I mean by this is if you're operating within your area of giftedness, then you should expect other Christians to affirm that. To be able to say things like, hey man, you're really good at that. I think you're within your gift. Saw a great example of that this morning. Um, Charlie Barrett, wherever he's at, he was uh, just moving a cart of donuts and he had a young kid with him. He serves in children's ministry for years and youth ministry. And just pushing a cart of donut from this building to that building, he's had this kid laughing and engaged. And like uh, there was this you know, that kid would be really bored if he was walking with me pushing some donuts because that's not my gift. But for Charlie, you could see it, you know. Um, so I know that a lot of you, I've seen it. You have the gift of leadership. 
Um, some of you may even have the gift of pastoring and shepherding. That doesn't necessarily mean that you need to go out and plant a church, but it does mean that you may end up caring for a group of people. Maybe you'll host a, a growth group in your home and you'll care for a group of people or you'll lead a group. Some of you have the gift of teaching. Some of you have the gift of wisdom and wise counsel. Some of you have the gift of giving, um, and you're just generous, and God's gifted you with the ability to earn money, and you hold it loosely and give to needs as God directs. Um, so the test will give you a general idea of what your gift is. And once you've done that, number one, use your gift here at Camp CC. If you consider this church your home, then here's my challenge. Make a difference here. God's family is the church, and each of us belong to one another. And when we're